are listening to Legacy Moments, where we have authentic conversations about life, business, and so much more. I am your host, Dr. Patrice Berry, and I am joined by my co-host and mom, Johnny Lloyd. As a licensed psychologist, I add value related to psychological principles, and my mom is a business and leadership expert that provides value related to those topics. We are excited to jump into our topic, Relationships, today. And if you have questions, please feel free to DM us over on Instagram or over on TikTok. We're going to hop right in. Where did you want to start with relationships? You know, relationships is such a huge topic. So the first place I like to start is the relationship you have with you. Let's start right there. The relationship that you have with you will actually be a pivotal launching pad for any relationship you have with any other person. Because the more self-aware you are, then the better relationships you have. It doesn't mean that uh, they change. It means that you change when you come to the relationship. You know who you are. So it gives us a chance to say, hmm, not so good. And ooh, yay. So it gives us a chance to make uh, choices from a perspective of not blaming or looking at someone else or asking someone else to do something for us that we have not done for ourselves. So my happiness is what I bring to the table. My joy is what I bring to the table. All of those things, because I check me. I love that because with that, what that does is it puts me in the driver's seat where I'm not waiting on somebody else, on my friends, on my romantic partner, that I'm not waiting on somebody else to fill these parts of me in order to be whole, in order to be happy. Because I think the thing that people don't really talk about is that whatever state you're in before a relationship, that is the state you normally are in within that that relationship. If I was feeling lonely single, I'm going to feel lonely within that relationship or it's going to be extremely unbalanced and the power dynamic is going to be off. And so the thing that I like to say is whatever self-esteem you take into a relationship, that relationship shouldn't define you. That the relationship Because if it does, if that relationship doesn't work, then now you're blaming yourself saying, what did I do? What could I have done different? You know, how could this person not not, not love me? And you don't have a good solid sense of self. So I like that we're starting with relationship with self because that lets us establish a really solid foundation. And I'd also like to mention that often the thoughts and feelings that we have about ourself, they come from the way that our parents talk to us, the way our teachers talk to us. Um, And a lot of those thoughts that we have about ourselves early in childhood, when you're a teen, early adulthood, that those things really do play a pivotal role into some of the dynamics down the road. And a special note for any parents that are separating or divorced, or if they're not in the same household, what can happen is children try to create stories of why things happen. So what happened, and even when the adults are saying, hey, it wasn't you, like it was it was about us, but often kids can feel in the middle and they can start to define themselves based on some of those early interactions. And so I think that's, that's really important. 
And actually that is huge because then the stories you tell are in your head, right? So the way you think matters and whatever you're thinking becomes your habits, becomes your truth, right? Until you find something external or people talk to you or you say things to yourself that pull you out of that. And so when you have pain, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, you have that kind of pain and as it relates to relationships, then you typically walk into relationships and you and you judge based on how you feel. This is what I would like to, um, to tap into what Patrice said earlier. And this is this. Anytime you're in a relationship and you find yourself transmuting, transforming into the person they desire you to be, then what happens is, is you lose your self-worth, you lose your self-image because you don't know, you know, you don't know who it is. You know what I'm saying? So what happens is, let's say I enter into a relationship and the other person needs me to be whatever. Or they say, well, you know, I don't like it when you, and you should do this and you should change this and da, 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 da. They keep on coming from a negative perspective and telling me who I'm not from their perspective. That's why I think self-awareness and you being happy with you is huge. Because when I go into a friendship, it doesn't have to be romantic, a friendship, and they say, well, you shouldn't do that. And you all of that, I back it up. I back it up. <laughs> Those are major red flags. And I think there's a difference because when I met my husband, I ate really, really bad. I didn't eat organic food. I was really cheap. I used to eat at places that I don't I don't eat anymore. That's a good point. And I think making little things cuz I think we we can grow together, but when somebody has an issue with who you are, if you have to change who you are to be with a person, cuz I remember going on a date with somebody before I met my husband and they were like, "I don't do sarcasm." And I was like, "Uh-oh." Like this is not, not gonna work <laughs> because I have now I don't I don't use sarcasm as a weapon, but in general I might have I might be sarcastic at times. And so I would have had to completely change who I was in order to be with this person, which was not worth it. Like it just was not worth it. And so let me say this, going back to the the food. When someone's with you as a friend, relationship you become a better version of who you are because you're in the relationship, that's a good thing. So I, and I, and I wanted to reiterate that because becoming better is amazing. You should be better in every relationship you're in. Cause then you might as well be single. Yeah. Uh, you know, and let's, let's define what single is. Let's, since we're there, what is single? I say not, not married. I say not married. And then, but there are people that have long-term partnerships and I validate and respect oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, But when I say, uh, when I, some people look at single, because this is the way I look at it. If when you check on your 1040, on your tax statement, because of the money check. So when you check your tax statement and it says you're single, oops, you're single. And I'm not knocking long-term relationships. I'm not, I'm not knocking any of that. Please don't misunderstand that. And then they have the other thing because single in some forms, people say, well, you're single because you're not dating anybody. 
So, or people say you're alone or you're lonely because you're not with anybody. One of the loneliest places I have ever been is in a house with people and with a person. And I felt like I was, that's the loneliest I've ever felt, right? And that's not, that's not because of the person. Part of it was because of me, there are dynamics to it, but that's the loneliest I've ever felt. So it's not about being by yourself alone by definition is all one. So I do think in our society, we put marriage up here and singleness down here. And we don't really talk about the benefit of singleness because when you are single, you don't have to check in with someone about your finances, about what you're going to do. And there are some dynamics. And then also within marriage, there are some other dynamics because I've been very honest. The fact I was able to launch my business was because I have a husband with a good, stable job. So I was able to take a risk within my profession because we had his income. Now, the other thing is, and I like that. So this is what I'm going to tell people. Take advantage and take all the benefits of wherever you are right now. If you're single, and that means unmarried, or I'm not dating, from my I'm not dating, right? So I get a chance to enjoy this state of my life. Because if you don't learn, I believe this, if you don't learn how to enjoy where you are right now, when you get to the next level, whatever that is, and when I say next level, that doesn't mean higher. That means when you go into marriage or you go into a permanent relationship or whatever, then you find things in there because you didn't find happiness where you were. So this is what I'll say. Don't give anybody the power to, to control your happiness, right? And then the other thing is, uh, Patrice was talking about making decisions. Well, I did this weird thing yesterday. I was going to get rid of some things in my house, two couches, two major couches, right? Two big couches that I really like. And I decided to handle it differently. Well, if you looked at my living room right now, you would say a tornado came through. But I decided I was going to change everything in there. That was a decision I made. I looked at my budget and I made that decision by myself, right? However, when you're in a relationship, and especially when you're in a relationship that each one impacts your resources, right? Whatever decision you make impacts them. Even in the business realm, when you're in a business partnership, remember that the decisions you make in your business partnership with others impacts the entire partnership. So relationships is not just about romance. It's about friendships. It's about all of those things. These are tips and tools that you can use in your workplace everywhere because it matters. When I come to work, when I was working in an office, they said, you're always happy. I bring my happiness with me because if I depend on y'all to make me happy, uh, hello, hello, that's not going to work for me. However, I brought my happiness in and I was very careful about things that triggered or caused me to shift up and down because I decided I was going to control what I did. And what I do is I own my emotions. So mm. I say I have control over my thoughts, my emotions, and my behavior. So I don't say she made me mad. He made me this. He, he ruined my day. I allowed him 
to ruin my day. I allowed him to make, but, and I validate that it's okay to get upset. It would be very odd if somebody slapped me and I was like, I'm not going to allow that to, what? No, like you have the right to be upset if something happens, but that doesn't have to then define the rest of my day. And then I hold on to it forever. Since we're talking about self, I did want to throw in, because I got a request to talk about self-compassion. Have you heard of self-compassion? Okay, so let's define it from from where we're going to come talk about it. In general, self-compassion is the grace or it's giving yourself the benefit of the doubt because the opposite of self-compassion is self-loathing, kind of being really down on yourself and not giving yourself permission to make mistakes. And so not having self-compassion shows up by being overly perfectionistic, by really ruminating over relationships always thinking that you're at fault and holding yourself to an unrealistic standard that you don't hold other people to. Wow. Giving people grace and not giving yourself grace. Giving your peop- your others mercy and not giving yourself mercy. Allowing uh, people to do things and say, well, you know, they're just having a bad day or whatever the situation is and not doing that for yourself. That is huge because it in the self part and the compassion piece, when you put both of those together, it's, it's allowing me to be human and not be or anticipate or expect everything I do say to be perfect in someone else's eyes. Because I recently talked about self-forgiveness on one of my TikToks. And people commented like, wait a minute, because there are extremes. So there are some people that that hold themselves to no standard, like they are able to just run all over people and they don't feel bad for it. That is not healthy. And that's not what I'm saying. And then there are some people that are at the other other extreme of that, where like if they spill some water, they're feeling like they're the worst human being ever. And so I think there's a way to balance the two because, and I think self-forgiveness is a part of self-compassion because it's about being able to acknowledge what I did. So let's say I hurt a friend's feelings on accident. That was not my intention. They come to me and I'm really going to feel bad about myself. I'm going to feel bad. There's going to be some guilt. And something else that came up is guilt shame and pride are what we call self-conscious emotions. They are emotions that focus on, on the self and they are productive. Like they are, it's, it's okay. Cause I think Brene Brown, when we talk about shame, some people went to the extreme of like, you should never, ever feel shame. And I don't even know that that's what she's saying. It's just, you don't want to stay there. You don't want to keep shame. You don't want shame to embody you and to just carry that all the time because shame says I am bad and guilt says what I did was wrong or what I did was not okay. Um, and, um, and if there are a pattern of negative behaviors, please get some help. Please talk to somebody like that. There might be something getting in the way of you making healthier choices because I like that this comes down to values. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people feel like they're living outside of their values. Wow. So then 
the thing is, is you have to determine what your values are, right? When you determine what your values are, then that becomes your code of conduct, right? So this is the deal with that. We have to be careful to not allow others, whether it be media, whether it be us, whether it's social media or regular media, whatever media, or other people to determine and box us in within a boundary that they have done or what they have created versus us build and build our own values. Because I'll live with the things that I say that I'm going to live with, right? And if I do something, I will go back and apologize. That doesn't change the fact that, yeah, I felt bad about it because I didn't meet, that wasn't my meaning, right? On the other person's side, you don't get a chance to control how they respond to it. Can we talk about that? Yeah. You don't get a chance to do that. So in any situation, let's say something happens, you go to the person and you honestly tell them, you know what? Or they come to you and say, you know, you hurt my feelings or whatever. And you honestly, you know, apologize and say, well, that was not my intent. This was kind of the direction I was going. However, the other person gets a chance to respond. And when I say respond, I'm not saying verbally, I'm saying they get a chance to either forgive you and rebuild the relationship or to continue the relationship, or they get a chance to do whatever they decide in that. But don't continue to attack yourself based on their decision. You don't get a chance to control their decision. What we get a chance to do is control us. There was a really good question because we stream these live on TikTok. And so Stories with 10 says, how do you know that the standards that you're living are too high? The standards that you're giving yourself, that they are too high. And so for me, I think if a friend did the exact same thing and you would say, that's not, that's no big deal. So whatever advice you would give a friend to give that advice to yourself. Because often we think, well, I should have known better, or I should have, or I should. And those shoulds can ruin your relationship with, with yourself. Because I think being able to say, because it, it, it happened where I had a misunderstanding, a pretty major misunderstanding with a friend, but I did not know. And once I knew that something bothered them, I stopped. And I was able to adjust, but I didn't then hold myself because really relationships require two people. And within a relationship, if something I am doing is hurting you, and if I'm not aware of it, you have to tell me, like, I can't, I can't read your mind. So I'm, so if, if somebody gets, if they're kind of in a mood, I don't assume it's me because <laughs> there are people that when they get around people, they immediately think like, oh, like, did I do something? Like, what did I do? And if I ask you, are we good? And you say we're good. And if we're not, then like a piece of that is like, you you have to tell me. And I try to be a safe person so, so that people can come to me because I don't react in, in anger. I don't curse people out. I don't go off on people. Like I would listen with with understanding and compassion and with empathy to try to get to see it from the other person's perspective. And so I think when you have a safe person and because if you're in a relationship and somebody's always like, it's you, it's you, because some people, especially if it's the other person blaming you, some people need to be the victim in the relationship, in the friendship. 
And that didn't happen with the situation I'm talking about. But in general, there are times when somebody is always trying to put you down and that can be gaslighting Mm. where the person is always saying like that was all your fault. And they're trying to make you responsible for their emotions, which is not healthy and not appropriate. And the relationship, because this is where we can drop the codependence. Because sometimes the relationship can be codependent, where I am over-functioning in their life, where I'm trying to fix them, I'm trying to do all these things for them and make everything okay for them or my family and all these things, but I'm not taking care of me, which is where I burn out and I'm not sleeping. I'm having all these other things happen. And that other person is still not functioning or they are overly dependent on me to be okay, which is a problem. And then they blame then sometimes when you're codependent, when you do that and you, you're fixing all these other situations, then when you are not available to fix, when you're not standing right there to fix or it doesn't come out like they want, they turn around and they blame. So going back to what, two things, going back to what he was asking is, we build our standards or our desires based on what we desire in our life, right? Using, Patrice, you said what do you want? Number one. However, if you go leaning toward perfectionists, where you're looking for everything, for you to do everything absolutely perfect, then that may not be as healthy for your long-term well-being. And I think that's where self-compassion comes in. And that's where try to make a mistake on purpose. Drive the wrong way on purpose. Do something. Not on a one-way street. Don't do that. Because I don't want y'all to come back and say, they told us to drive. We are not not GPS and told you to turn here. And your GPS said turn. And you look at, people say, but the GPS said turn. They said, ma'am, that was a closed, it's a one way. But the GPS said turn. No, don't don't do that. But getting comfortable with making mistakes. And then if you're a parent, so I have a four-year-old son and- we constantly tell him it's okay to make mistakes. There are still consequences for them. We still have to deal with the consequences. So the other day he tried to use the bathroom standing up, but backwards. It was, it was, it it was a mess. It was an absolute mess on a step stool, but like backwards, it was, it was a hot mess. Y'all are going to have to watch it on YouTube to try to figure out what in the world my child was doing but he ended up it missed the toilet a lot and I gave him paper towels I was like all right so that's not how we use the bathroom here are some paper towels you have to clean it up but I didn't say to him because there are people where their parents have told them their parents have told them what were you thinking you're such a you're this you're that like he's four he (laughs) he did it he was experimenting (laughs) but now listen to this This is an imaginative little boy. Help our children and ourselves to be more, use our imagination. That's what Patrice was talking about. When Make some mistakes. It's okay. When you imagine something, you say, I think this will work better if I do this. Try it out. As long as it's not going to impact life, you know, yours or others, it's not going to infringe on other people's rights, yours or others then why not try it? I mean, that's how creative ideas came. That's why people are making billions and millions of dollars on thoughts that they had. They don't, they don't jeopardize 
their life or say it's, it's, this didn't happen, so now I'm bad. And I love the way she handled it. This is what happened. Remember to to look at what's happening and look, is it, you know how you go to a doctor and the doctor says, is your pain uh, one to 10? Identify where your pain level is, right? It wasn't a 10, so don't freak out. And even if it was a 10, then regulate it and bring it down. Well, because sometimes something can feel like a 10. So in that moment, seeing my child, because I was there, I, I saw it happen. I was, I was there. You were in the room. I was, I was in the room and I was just like, what are you? But if, if I freak out, he's going to freak out. Now he's going to pee on me. Like I just, it was, it was going to be a bad situation. And so the best, the best thing for me to do, cause it felt like an eight. Cause I'm looking at it like, but the thing I was concerned about is I'm going to have to clean this up. No, he's, he's now if he was one and a half. And so when he was one and he would pee on the walls on accident, he didn't have to clean that up. He's, he's a baby. Right. That's what babies do. He's four. He knows where it goes. It missed. Okay. Everybody. That's not how we do it. Here are some paper towels. You're, you're going to clean it up. And then I, of course, came back after just to make sure that it was, that it was cleaned up. But listen to what happened. She held him accountable for his decision. She didn't freak out about his decision, even though internally, sometimes we like, "Ah!" don't. But what she did, she held him accountable. She gave him a solution. You see what I'm saying? So that's the same thing in relationships. What happens is we make mistakes in relationships, right? Our relationships are never perfect because we're not perfect people. So what happens is she wants to say something, but she's going to have to wait a second, y'all. So so when you're dealing with imperfection, what happens, all of us are imperfect, okay? So what happens is give people grace and especially give yourself grace to come to the relationship authentically being who you are and allowing them to do the same. And then you start working out, okay, if we're going to be in this space together, how are we going to compromise and work out the best way to move forward? Because conflict is actually good within a relationship. It's odd. If I'm doing premarital counseling, and I don't really do that that much, but when I did do it and the couple was like, we have never, we have never had an argument. We always agree. We're always on the same page. I'm like, ah. No, that is not. That is not real life. That is not. Like you should, because we grow, but we also, we don't yell, scream, throw things, threaten. Like we, we have a safe relationship, but my husband and I, we do not always agree, but we have agreed to treat each other with dignity and respect. And we, and we manage it in a way where we have a conversation and then we, we come to a compromise, we come to an agreement, we end up working through it. So my question to people is, is this, do you always agree with you, with you? Do you always agree with every decision that you have ever made in your life? If the answer to that, and I'm thinking it is, is no, you do not always agree with you. Then you don't expect to always agree with another person, right? So I want to ask questions. So I put something on TikTok recently and I said, do you want to know who they are? I missed that one. Oh, maybe you haven't dropped it yet. I think I dropped it, but if I didn't, I'll drop it today. So do you want to really know who the person is in the relationship? Do you really want to know who they are? 
and this is my this is my tip to you. Listen to what they say. Listen to what they say, especially with a man in general and in a general. woman, but especially with a man. <laughs> Listen to him. Most people, we're so, especially as women, sometimes we, we don't like the silence. So we'll start saying stuff and telling our life story. You know, we want, and we are multipliers. As women, we we are reproductive, you know? So we reproduce stuff. So I used to, when I was dating a long time ago, well, when I was dating younger and dating, let's say like that, because I'm older and dating, but younger and dating, I would, before I shake his hand, I said, oh, you make cute babies and, you know, all of that. <laughs> you know, Don't I had you. three kids in my head, you know, all of this. We, we ain't even said hello. We ain't even said hello. So, I mean, we barely saying hello. So now I look at people when I meet somebody and they really, you know, because I'm a, anyway, visual person. visual person. So I look and I say, oh, you know, he's nice looking. And then for me, this is me. I said, okay, he has 50 kids. But that's just for you to stay in the moment. And the reason, right, the reason I do that. So find out how you stay in the moment, how you don't take the relationship somewhere it is not headed. If you listen to men, especially, they will tell you what you are when they introduce you. I don't care what y'all doing. If, or a person will tell you who they are, right? If they introduce you and they say, you, this, is my par- this is my partner, then you know you're my partner, right? If they say my you're friend. my friend, I don't care what's going on, you're their friend. And so I, I really do think that listening to listen. where people, to what people say, because people will often say, this is, this is where they are. And if you are going to be with them, accepting if that does not change. So, because there are times when when you meet someone and they're like, yeah, I'm not really, yeah, I could never see myself having a dog. And they're not allergic. So like my husband is allergic to dogs. And so I know we are never, ever going to have a dog. We're never, ever going to have a cat. <laughs> like we're just, so so if, if having a dog was really important to me, I would have to be with with somebody else. It's not that important to me, but like, so that's where I think figuring out where, what your values are, which is, I'm glad that we started with the self. So where do you think we should go from here next time related to relationships? I think we should go into some of the questions that you should consider when you're building a relationship. Some of the questions to ask or some of the boundaries to establish. Because, and and then the codependency, I think is huge. I think we need to do a whole thing on on that. Because state, state it the way you state it. Because I love the way you state it. And this was from Rosa Jones LPC over on Instagram. And she says codependence is over-functioning in their life and under-functioning in my own. And the reason that I love that is part of it, not because, again, part of it's to give information. Why would a person do that? What are some of the things they're considering as they look at themselves? Because sometimes, in an organization especially, sometimes the boss in an organization will try to do things in the organization that they don't hold themselves to that same standard. So that is, so what is, going back to the question, Going, what is the standard that you're upholding? And the standard is not a written standard. The standard is a life standard. What is your life saying? Because if my life does not align with what I'm saying with my mouth, whether it be, I don't care what you're saying, I'm going by what you do. Can I give you a tip? 
if they say one thing and they're doing another, follow what they do. And that's what I love about this generation. No matter what, they hear what we say. But they're watching what you do. But they watch what you do. So if you're looking to transform or to, to, to shift some things in your life, then watch what you do because it's connected to the habits and our long-term habits and stuff like that. And part of what we'll discuss then maybe our belief systems. And when I say that, I'm not talking about faith systems. I'm saying how were we raised and our belief systems and that and our habits. And I think all of those things are connected. And my last tip is to treat yourself the way that you treat others, if you're treating others better mm. than you are treating yourself. And so talk to yourself like you would talk to a friend. And if you have a situation happen, think about remove yourself. What if it was Jane? What if it was so-and-so? And think about it from that perspective um, before you beat yourself up for maybe something that was totally human. And you still have to make amends because that's where I say you still have to. So self-forgiveness isn't about just walking around hurting people and not caring about other people. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that giving yourself permission that like, hey, I might accidentally bump into someone. I also try to have people not say I'm sorry so much. Mm, Some people mm. say I'm sorry for, so I've started, I learned this on TikTok, shifting to saying thank you. So thank you for waiting for me if I'm running late. Instead of, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm running so late. So instead saying thank you for, for waiting for me um, and saying, uh, I know I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, thank you for answering the phone. I know it's, it's, it's been a minute. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm the worst friend ever because I haven't called you in a week. And the type of friends I have, so I have the type of friends where we don't have to call each other every day. The way the way my life works, I don't really, and if a friend needs to talk almost every day, we'd have to almost schedule it. Like it would be, that would be a lot. So so that's where it's, it's okay if, um, so it's making sure that the people in your life are fitting in because sometimes we outgrow situations, we outgrow people, and we try to keep people in in certain places in our lives. And really the pain that we're feeling in it is because we need to kind of let it go yeah. and let it do what it does. And one of the segments we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about junk in your trunk. Junk in your trunk. Talking you about them, them bags that you carry. All that extra bag. Oh, that, all oh that yeah, she had to clean it up for me. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the bags you carry. What's the, what do you have? Because when you shift in relationship, because I think it's huge, when we shift in relationship, whether that be through divorce or whatever, then there's some baggage we can end up carrying. And so giving you some tips and tricks and even ideas of how to work through that so that you're as healthy as you can be in your next relationship. are listening to Legacy Moments, where we have authentic conversations about life, business, and so much more. I am your host, Dr. Patrice Berry, and I am joined by my co-host and mom, Johnny Lloyd. As a licensed psychologist, I add value related to psychological principles, and my mom is a business 
and leadership expert that provides value related to those topics. We are excited to jump into our topic relationships today. And if you have questions, please feel free to DM us over on Instagram or over on TikTok. Thank you.